You're listening to Run With The Bulls, a podcast discussing a unique approach to everyday finance with everyday people. Run With The Bulls is sponsored by Mentoro, a financial wellness company. Now, your hosts, author Danny Kofke and the royalty of financial wellness, Whitney Queen. Welcome to Run With The Bulls. My name is Danny Kofke and I'm a motivational mentor with Mentoro. I'm joined by the president of Mentoro, Whitney Queen. Hey, Whit. Hey, Danny, and hello to everyone listening. Yes, I want to be rich, just like many of you. (laughs) Yes. However, on that path to accumulating wealth, many of us have done some pretty foolish things. So, Danny, to kick things off, what are some foolish things that you have done? Yeah, fun. Well, first off, we could have an opportunity to be rich this week because the Powerball lottery, we could play that and it's oh, up to like a right. billion dollars or something. So speaking of foolish things. Foolish. Yeah. But I mean two dollars for one chance. It's I, I don't know. I'm thinking if you have two dollars to me, it is foolish. But one other time do you in your life are you gonna have to win a billion? So I don't know. But never mind. Never, we'll, we'll go. All right. <laughs> so foolish things I've done besides buying Powerball tickets, which I don't do very much. Um, so the first one is when I knew little about depreciation of a car, my very first car actually, were when I was a, an adult, my very first car was brand new. So brand new, you know, had that new car smell. Um, but I will say I paid it off early. I think we paid it off in two years. And then I actually drove that car. That's the one I drove until it actually died literally on the side of the road when I was teaching on the way to work, pulled over and it didn't work anymore. Um, so I think Got it. I think uh, 17 years I had it. And uh, yeah, so I had like 180,000 miles on it. So I, I I did okay with it. So I justified the newness of it, buying it new. But now, you know, I, I've learned more over life and realized how much depreciation goes into it when you buy a brand new car. So um, my car after that one died was a used car. So let someone else take the depreciation. There you go. Yes. There you so go. That, that was kind of a common one. The next stupid, I'm even say it's stupid, it wasn't foolish, was, uh, so I've talked before, Tracy and I, our first two years of marriage, we taught overseas uh, in Poland. So we traveled all around to a lot of countries. And uh, one of the trips, we happened to be in Berlin. And at that time, you know, you, you when you get to another country, you transfer the currency and get their currency. So going to many countries, it's almost like monopoly money. You don't even really think of it as being real dollars, kind of crazy, but it's just like, oh, it looks different. So I saw on the street in Berlin, I don't speak German, and this guy was doing, of course, one of those, you know, with the the ball in the middle of the cup and spinning around. I'm like, (laughs) I can win this thing. I'm going to win it. So I went and bet, I don't know, at the time, it was probably like 25 bucks. And then I lost. I'm like, no, I got it this time. I got it. So then I was stupid enough to do it again. And I lost again. And 
I mean, Tracy just looked at me and she just shook her head. But I will say then, I actually bought Tracy a nice purse. I made up for my mistake. She said, you're an idiot. And I said, I was an idiot, so I'm going to make it up to you. And she still has that purse, so it all worked out. There we go. It's I a, think I'd be uh, putting you in front of all the uh, street street artists oh more often. Lord, no. I learned my lesson. <laughs> Dummy. <laughs> 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 Easy trap. Yes, yes, it was, it was. How about you? I'm sure uh, you have some fun ones. Oh, of course. Um, Some that I'm too embarrassed to mention uh, live on the air. But I do have kind of like you, too. One that's just one of those things that if you aren't well-versed in finance, then, you know, it's an easy mistake to make. And then the other just completely moronic. (laughs) So, So the first one is when I went back to get my master's, you know, I was on my own. And, um, but I was still young. I hadn't been working for that long. And I thought, you know, I'll be able to pay off these student loans. This is no big deal. I'm not going to take the money out of my pocket now because I need that to do stuff. So I'm just going to put my education on layaway and I'll deal with that later. And sure enough, um, I, I dealt with it later and it was not fun, but you know, that's the way it goes. At least I know now. And, you know, hopefully through some of the different conversations we've had, um, we've been able to help some people learn from my mistake as well. Yes. The other, um, I would also say is more common, but I should have known better. And that's that when we bought our house, our Mm -hmm. fixer upper, which you guys have heard about, um, we thought that we were Chip and Joanna Gaines, right? Oh, like, yeah, who is it? I mean, we can yes. easily just redo this whole kitchen. They make it look so easy. They do. Yeah. I mean, all you got to do is you just got to go get it from Home Depot. You bring it in the house, and then it's there. And it's just it. it works. Yeah, demolition day looks so much fun when Chip just bangs the wall. I mean, yeah. Easy. Yeah, uh-huh. right. So probably <laughs> the most moronic was um, we were going to make this island in our kitchen okay and we got the 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 base of the island and it was great but we lacked the granite we found somewhere that sold granite mm-hmm. that was the same color as the pre-existing granite so it was going to match and it was going to look good and we we're going to get the edges to be the same right. however we did no research on how much granite cost per Oof. and we got just absolutely sold right. i mean just paid right. an unreal amount for the smallest piece of granite Mm -hmm. and then could not get rid of it and you know it's just been things like that where if you don't do your research then you fall into an easy trap no 100 percent, and that's i mean and those are i mean maybe not gambling in berlin but others gambling (laughs) in general though i will say i mean that a lot of people once again buying lottery tickets even as a form of it so kind of you know I guess some foolish things, you know, that that you can do with your money. And a lot of people do. And, Mm -hmm. you know, once again, we're about moderation, right? I mean, like, I tease about buying a lottery ticket. I mean, you help fund uh, my daughter's college, which I talked about. So go ahead and and do that. But, you know, in moderation, I think it's okay. If you want to go buy a scratch off every now and again, that's fine. But if you're betting your retirement on winning the lottery, all right, that's when we have issues. And like with home repairs, you tried, you know, to fix up your own, which is great. If you have the knowledge, you can do it on your own. That's wonderful, but then you realize if you don't have the knowledge or the skill set, then right. it's not going to help you. <laughs> That's when it, it can cost you more. Yeah, but I, I do think um, kind of the moral of this story is that you can still really screw up with money, and you can become a president of a company and also a content specialist. Hey, there you go. That's the good news, right? <laughs> 
<laughs> what a silver lining. It is. It is. You just have to learn from your mistakes. So, I mean, no, all kidding aside, it, it does show, though, I mean, like all financial mistakes, you can mess up. The important thing is that you learn from those lessons and then you move forward and hopefully you don't make them again. Like right. I'll tell you, when I went to Paris, I didn't bet with a street vendor. I learned my lesson in Berlin. So yep. there you go. Yep. There you go. <laughs> no, I think that's such a good point. And we've talked about this before, but to me, it just it brings back to the um, the topic of risk. Mm-hmm. You know, in in life, you have to take risks every now and again in order to get somewhere. Mm-hmm. And that certainly plays true with your finances. Yep. It's just what what are you willing to risk in order to get? And some people have a greater risk tolerance and they're more willing to take a shot at it. And some people aren't. I learned that, you know, maybe when it comes to um, home repairs, I shouldn't be so risky because I don't have the skill set to back it up. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I had to have an honest conversation with myself that I am not Joanna Gaines. Right. So I need to just budget going forward that I'm going to have to pay for the labor for somebody else to do it. Right. Or maybe do the, the home repairs that you are confident in, maybe the, the, the more minor ones that you can do, but then some of the major ones, hey, I'm going to exactly. save money by paying someone else money. Exactly. And kind of the flip side of that, something that helps my mindset against foolish things is um, looking at it from the perspective of loss aversion. So what am I going to lose if I do this? Kind of going back to the lottery. For you, if you lost $2 trying to get a billion, okay, right. big big whoop. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know, to lose 500 on a piece of granite when I'm on a tight budget, not so great. Mm-hmm. So, um, yeah, I think you just have to put those things in perspective as you go to make decisions because right. we're bound to make mistakes. Yes. And even like like I said, I buy one lottery ticket. That's two bucks. I don't buy 100, which would be, you know what I mean? So, yes, it's all yep. right. You just, once again, you have to see, yeah, the, the risk aversion 100%. Sure. Okay, so now that we've exposed all of our deepest, darkest financial secrets, <laughs> it's time for us to take a break and get over our embarrassments, yes, let me tell you. Yes. Coming up next, five foolish things we could do with our money. Connect with us on social media. Search at Mentoro Group on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, and LinkedIn. Welcome back. On this episode, we are taking a look at some foolish things we could do with our money. Whitney and I have just thrown ourselves under the bus with some of the personal dumb things that we have done. Now it's time to take a look at some other unwise actions. Yes. And up first is a big one. Having no plan. Mm -hmm. And this starts with the budget and telling your money how to behave. If you don't, you're acting like a magician and making it disappear. Yeah, and there is no rabbit you're pulling out of your hat. Uh, In fact, many often look back and wonder where their money went. Probably been there, done that. Yep, yep. And to take the guesswork out of this, we have a great tool for you. If you are not a member, visit MyMentoro.com and answer a few questions to get started. We have a great budgeting tool that can help prevent you from becoming the next David Blaine. Yes, that we can. And, you know, I've said this quote before, but a a good quote is like, if you aim for nothing, you're going to hit it every time. It's kind Mm -hmm. of, you know, and and it's so true with the plan. If we don't have a plan in place and, you know, a lot of times we talk about and I know a lot of people don't like that budget, but you plan it the month before and that way your money already knows how it is going to behave and then it doesn't disappear. So we Mm -hmm. have to make plans for that. It's so true. And just to to add to that real quick, um, one of the ways that a budget helps me is 
sometimes, you know, I make so many decisions during the day as an adult that I'm just, I'm exhausted outside. As a president of a company, you have decisions you have to make? Oh, we were just kind of, yes, yes, you do have some decisions. Yes, Just, yes. just a few, but just a couple. I mean, even at home, even yeah. just like, what am I going to wear today? Sure. And sometimes you just get spent on making decisions about life and you find yourself somewhere shopping or something pops up on social media that, you know, it clickbait, whatever. Mm-hmm. And in that moment, you're faced with making a decision. And so when you, you look at shots on goal, we're bound to make mistakes with mm-hmm. our decisions. But if you have a plan there that you can refer to that goes, oh, wait a second, I'm pretty sure I'm not supposed to do that, then it's way easier to fight against those temptations or to ensure that you make the right decision. Right. So. Setting roadblocks up for yourself. Exactly. Mm-hmm. Exactly. So next up is one I just went over, gambling. And like I said, unless you're here in Georgia buying a lottery ticket, since that helps fund Ava going to college, gambling is obviously something to avoid. Yes. While there are stories of people winning, there is a reason casinos are located in very large buildings. And that reason is not because they usually lose, right? No, no. And you get free drinks and free food too, right? Is it really free? And they're always cold in there too. AC costs a lot of money. So yeah, you can go back thinking. And we actually did one, uh, a story um, it's way back in season one of, of a gentleman that won the lottery, yep. <laughs> gambled. Yeah. And I mean, his life went from, I mean, I don't, you know, it was okay, but then it went to a country song where everything that could go wrong did go wrong. And even mm-hmm. at the end, the dog didn't like him. So oh, <laughs> that's maybe right. I forgot I about that. <laughs> yes. <laughs> so gambling, obviously, I mean, once again, like we just said, in moderation, if it's something that you have extra money for and you're looking at it, you know, instead of going to a movies, hey, I'm going to do this. We're okay with that. But don't bet that you're going to retire with the money you make from gambling. Sure. Yep. Um, so the next thing is very apparent, but many of us still do it. Buying things you can't afford. So you said it with the deck is stacked against us. So this can be so easy to do. In fact, guess how many ads the average American is exposed to on a daily basis, Whitney? Mm. I should know that since that's what I studied in school, but I really don't. I have no clue. I'm sure it's like outrageous. Yeah, I looked it up. I mean, and it's, I mean, <laughs> the numbers vary, but it's, it says between four and 10,000. So obviously, I'm assuming if you're on the screen a lot, spend yeah. a lot of screen time, you know, bam, bam, bam coming in. So, but even on the radio and television. So, yeah, we're bombarded. So, you know, is it any wonder we buy stuff we really can't afford? Yeah, no kidding. I mean, this ties in so well with the next foolish thing, really. Um, So trying to impress our peers, good Mm -hmm. gracious. We talk about this a lot with FOMO. This one has become more prevalent with every social media platform that comes out. Right. And, you know, most of these platforms, when you post something or your friend posts something, uh, it just shows the highlights. It's like the Sports Center top 10. Like, it's never... The bad stuff. No, I mean, very rare does someone post something really like, hey, yeah, my day really was horrible today. I, I, you know, I tried to go on vacation and I can't. I don't have enough. You know, you never hear any of that. It's always like these highlights. So then, yes, we get caught in that trap of, hey, you know, they have it. I want it. Well, you know what? I can't afford it. But, you know, if they can do it. I can definitely do it. Mm-hmm. And I'm going to find a way to do it. And you know how that story is. Mm-hmm. 
It's really tragic, actually, when you think about it in that perspective. But well, anyway. Yeah. No, I mean, it really is. And that, I mean, there's been shows on it that show yeah. how devastating, you know, social media is, you know, not only to kids, but to, to adults as well, to where, sure. I mean, it does. It it causes us to react in a way that we we normally would not. Yeah. Yeah. It's, um, we were talking about this earlier, actually, like, what what's so wrong with just normal? Why does everything have to be so extravagant like Mm -hmm. that's not that's not real life but people are spending so much money trying to be this exception to the rule this extravagant thing this one in a million when you know yeah and i i was just talking to you about it that uh, a friend sent a clip of of someone crashing their airplane on purpose jumping out recording it because they knew they would make more money from views they got on youtube than the cost of an airplane like, this is what we're dealing with. <laughs> so this is, I mean, that's yeah. just, I mean, that's to the extreme. I get it. But that's it's true. The principle that just holds shows, true. Right. Of what the average American, what we're battling against, uh, you know, between social media, pre- you know, pressure, between the ads we just talked about. It's just, yeah, yeah a lot of people out there are, are getting us to entice with our money, even yeah. the money we don't have. Yeah, lots of opportunity for a mistake, which leads me to the next foolish thing that we can do with our money. And it may sound a bit confusing, but that's playing it too safe, Mm -hmm. right? A lot of people play it too safe with their money and think it's in their best interest. You are avoiding the risk, but that's not what smart people do, actually. You should rather learn to manage the risk. Correct. Manage. That's the key word. Um, you, you know, and you do have to to go with what your personal style is. I mean, if you're someone that watches, you know, CNBC every day and you go can't sleep at night because the stock market drops, okay, then maybe you shouldn't be in stocks because it's obviously having a mental toll. But most of us aren't like that. And, you know, we think, okay, our money is safe in a savings account earning 0.0002% or whatever they're paying now. But then we looked at right now, even as as we speak, inflation is still, you know, pretty high. So you just think your dollar today, if inflation and inflation happens every year, it's not usually as high as it is right now, but it does happen. So your dollar today will not be worth a dollar in 10 years. So that's where we have to, to, you know, have some risk, make smart investments. And that's where we recommend talking with a financial professional. So to get some guidance with that. Mm -hmm. But we want to earn some interest on our money since the value is naturally going to decline. Mm-hmm. Yep. So while you may not think that you're losing money, you are actually when you take inflation into account, as you just said, Danny. But when you play it too safe, you can't have a good return on your money. And sometimes you don't have any return at all. Right. And, and you know, in the previous episodes, we have discussed the differences between short and long-term savings. Mm-hmm. So here we're talking long-term savings. This is for retirement. We want to earn interest on this money so that once again, inflation doesn't eat away. Once again, we'll rewind a little bit. Short-term savings are for those things that we know are coming up in a short period of time. For instance, when my daughter was going to college, I knew, okay, this is the time. I don't want to have my money invested in something that's going to drop because I know this event's coming up in a year, two years, three years. I want the money to stay there. Even if inflation affects it a little bit, it's, you know, I'm not going to risk dropping 20%, which the stock market can do. So that's just where we have to, you know, kind of go back and know the difference between short-term and long-term savings. And with the long-term, we can take some risk. We just have to manage that risk. So time for another break. Coming up next, five more foolish things we can do with our money. Like what you are hearing on Run With The Bulls? Want a little more? Visit MyMentoro.com and use organization code RUNWITHTHEBULLS to set up your free account today. Welcome back. 
In this episode, we've been discussing foolish things that we can do with our money. We just went over five of these. Now it's time to take a look at five more. We'll start with having no insurance against risk. Right. Um, So most things in life, especially when it comes to money, involve some sort of risk. From saving too much in a bank, hello Silicon Valley Bank, which happened (laughs) a few months ago, to being too risky when it comes to our investments. This is why we say diversification is important. Like many of our grandparents would say, don't put all of your eggs in one basket. Right. So, I mean, you just think of that analogy. All of men, you know, the, the basket... Falls off the bike, bam, all the eggs are gone. So the same thing with our investment. Is that where that came from? I mean, I, I, I'm i pretty sure. It's I always wondered, actually, where that phrase came from. So, Interesting. Okay. I know. That's a good – I'll have to Google that. I'm almost – I that's mean, a, I have to look at – but I mean – Yeah, that's a good – Yeah, or, I mean, at the store, whatever. You know, if you drop it and everything's in <laughs> – The point is the, the same. <laughs> right. All your eggs are cracked. And the same thing right. with your investments. So, like, you invest just – may sound great to invest all in Apple stock and, you know, doing okay. But what if something happens and it crashes? Mm-hmm. Have to diversify. You want it in different investments. So if one goes down, hopefully the other one goes up. Um, So another foolish thing we can do with our money is letting our emotions control our spending. So we've all been there. We've had a bad day and we think buying something will take the sting away from whatever bad thing happened. And while it does, and, you know, for a little bit, it doesn't last long. So retail therapy, and that is shopping with the primary purpose of improving the buyer's mood or disposition, is a real thing. So take note when you've had a rough day and keep the emotions out of your bank account. Mm, yes, such a good one because you don't want to end up with buyer's remorse. <laughs> right. And we all have. Yeah. I yeah. mean, another common thing, and I mean, you can, I can. Have you ever looked into your closet and be like, gosh, I really don't have anything to wear today? Mm, every day. And there's like a hundred shirts. Blah, I mean, like yeah. we've all been there. And so at one point in time, we're like, oh, I really want that. And that's a simple example. But, you know, we bought it. And then all of a sudden, you know, t- later we're like, oh, wait, I don't have anything to wear. So in when we're stressed or we've had a bad day, that's when our emotions are really on high. And it's like, mm-hmm. Ugh, we can tend to buy stuff to make us feel happy right then. And then we wake up in the morning and we're like, whoa. Why did banking. I do that? Yeah. 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 Such a good point. Lending money is another foolish thing we can do with our money. Uh, Emotions run high, as you were just saying, when someone we love is in trouble. The problem is, like we just discussed, these emotions and finances don't mix. Yeah. I mean, and, and it can be really tempting to rescue a loved one, but there are numerous reasons why lending money is a bad idea. And one reason is it rarely is a loan there's a great chance that it won't be paid. And, you know, and that's the thing. I, I think, you know, if you are blessed and you do have money that you're able to help someone, just give it. Don't expect that repayment because that is going to ruin a relationship. And, I mean, I, thousands of families, friendships have been ruined because of this. Well, and I think when you look at it psycho- psychologically, um, money is used primarily for a transaction. Mm-hmm. I give you this and you give me this in return. Yeah. Very rarely it, are we giving money as a gift. Now, people do, thankfully, and support nonprofits and, and all of that, but that's not the norm, right? right? And so normally when we do that psychologically, we expect something in return yeah. or we expect it to come back to us. And so even if you, you give money away to someone you love with no expectation, there's going to be a little something in your brain that you're going to have to fight against that could yes. color the way that you look at that person or the way that you feel about that money. Mm-hmm. So 
when you go into that, you really have to make a good, solid decision and know what you're kind of getting yourself into or else it could really become a sure. foolish thing. I mean, then you can start judging that person unfairly. Like, yep. oh, wait, I gave you this. Oh, wait, you drive this car. Oh, you have this TV. Oh, yeah. I mean, oh, must be nice. You know, uh-huh. so like mm-hmm. we don't want that to happen. Exactly. So, you know, once again, if you do have someone that is in love, is in need, I mean, freely give if you're able to, but don't expect anything in return. Yep, Absolutely. Another reason is you may need the money yourself. Even if you're financially comfortable today, a job loss, illness, or other emergency can change your situation dramatically and mm-hmm. even even immediately. Yeah. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. So in addition, when you lend money, you are taking on unnecessary risk. So if a person comes to you for a loan, it is likely they could not obtain one elsewhere because lenders consider them high risk. So once you make the loan, that risk becomes yours. Mm. So Danny, I know you'll love this next one, uh, especially since you've been accused of being both, not knowing the difference between being cheap and frugal. Ooh, me? Yeah. I I guess guilty as charged. I've been, because I've been accused of being both. Yeah. (laughs) Yeah. Well, you're in good company. There you go. That's it. So these two words are commonly viewed as being the same, but that is not actually the case. Cheap means being so tight with money, you don't care about the quality, Mm -hmm. right? Frugal, on the other hand, means being careful with the money that you have. Yes, and I'm so glad you cleared that up, Whitney. Um, So let's take a hypothetical look at what being cheap means. So let's say you need a new television set. Um, We're going to say the cost of a brand new one seems outrageous to you. So instead of buying a brand new set, you look on Facebook Marketplace and buy a used one instead. Well, one year later, lines start appearing and you can barely make out the picture and are forced into buying another television set. So let's say, on the other hand, uh, you're frugal instead. You first compare the cost of various television sets and do your research to determine which one has the best quality. Mm -hmm. You then decide on the right model. After this, you compare the price of this model from numerous vendors. You purchase the one that costs the least and enjoy binge-watching your favorite series for years to come. Right. Uh, and it's like, you know, you do the research, so you're still being conscious of the money you're, you're spending. You're just – you're hoping you're not going to have to replace it soon, and that's what a lot of times what happens, you know, when we are cheap. So I ha- have it in here, and you've seen me carry this in. So oh boy. this nice, nice little backpack – so basically, I, I should probably wear this in a commercial for them. So you can see LL Bean backpack. Guess how old this backpack is? And I don't even know how much it costs or it costs at the time. I don't know. So Tracy, it looks pretty. It looks like it's in pretty good shape. Right. But so Tracy bought me this backpack as a wedding present to start what? our wedding. Yes. So we've married 23 years because <laughs> remember, shortly after getting married, we went to Europe to live. So this backpack has gone to 12 countries. I was a teacher for whatever, 18 years. So it's gone to my classroom, 18 years of teaching and out of the office. So this right here is not a cheap. This is being frugal. So I'm sure an LL Bean backpack costs some decent money. But here I still have the same one, what, 24 years, 23 years later. So there you go. I know y'all can't see my face, but my I'm like genuinely shocked, know, like mouth open. I things. know. <laughs> yes. That is what that's impressive. I know. I'm like really proud of you. That's impressive. We have um we have employees that are younger than your backpack. <laughs> <laughs> oh my lord, that is crazy. That really <laughs> that is so awesome to think of. <laughs> wow. That's amazing. That is kind of cool. So yeah. That is that hey. yeah. 
Shout out to L.L. Bean. There no you go. kidding. No kidding. <laughs> so a final way that we can be foolish with our money is we plan to invest for our futures tomorrow, uh, next week or the next month, but sometime into the future, mm-hmm. not now. However, we keep repeating this and we never actually get around to saving it all. <sighs> yes. And unfortunately, <laughs> this holds true for many. Mm-hmm. So according to U.S. Census Bureau data, of women and 47% of men between the ages of 55 and 66 have no retirement savings. That means no 401k, no IRA, and no pension. Wow. Can you imagine? That is uh, the perfect example of myopia. Being unable to see into the future, thinking that you have just an ever-evolving, ever-growing runway. Right. Um, But... That's, that's I mean, all of not. our abilities at some point, like, I mean, I hope to be able to do this job for a while. But I mean, at some point, mentally, I probably am not going to be as sharp as I am right now. That's just life. So I'm going to have to save for the time that I'm no longer able to perform like I am right now. So, yeah. I mean, that's all you're doing with retirement. And you're giving yourself options too. Maybe I, I mean, I can't imagine ever wanting to leave, but you know, there may be a point where I don't want to come to work. So like, hey, I'm going to have the option not to. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. Um, that Those are staggering percentages, uh, especially in this day and age. Mm-hmm. So of all the reasons to retire with nothing but social security to live on, procrastination might be the worst because it's preventable. Mm -hmm. If you have a chance to invest, but you've decided to wait for whatever reason, you're already costing yourself money and probably a lot more than you realize. Yeah, right. Um, So let's say for a moment you're 30 years old and make the commitment to invest $100 a month. If you did this until you were 65 and averaged 8% annual growth, you will have over $210,000 waiting for you in retirement. That's impressive. I mean, that that's a lot of money. Now, in today's world, it's not enough money to retire on, right. but at least it's something. And mm-hmm. uh, when you look at salaries at this day and age as well, $100 is not as big of a commitment as it might have been in previous years. Correct. Also, Imagine with this amount, if you were to put that into a 401k where your employer gave you a match, then what are you looking at? And that's free money that you didn't have to give. Absolutely. And, you know, you just mentioned a 401k. So if you did it in a 401k, it's taken out pre-tax. So really, we'll even say you're in the 12% tax bracket. You would only miss $88 out of your paycheck. So for less than $3 a day, $3 is like a diet Dr. Pepper (laughs) every day. And you could have over $210,000 in retirement. So no mm. excuse. Yeah, I, I tend to agree. Yep. And it's like Einstein said, compound interest is the eighth wonder of the world. We all waste money or make bad financial decisions sometimes. Yeah. And even these two podcast hosts have, right? We, yeah. we talked about it. Yeah. Um, but what's important is to understand why we are making them and learn from these mistakes. Remember, you are in control of your financial decisions. You can rush headlong into foolish mistakes or deliberately decide to spend money in a way that will benefit you far into the future as well as right now. Well said. So that does it for this episode. Please check us out on social media. We're in all your usual places. And if you ever have an idea for a topic that you'd like us to cover, feel free to email us at podcast at mentoragroup.com. So Whitney, thanks so much for chatting. And thank you for listening. Catch us next time as we run with the bulls. Run with the bulls is sponsored by Mentoro and hosted by Danny Kofke and Whitney Queen. 
Learn more by visiting mentorogroup.com.